planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey, Joe, how are you, man? What's up? How are you? Hey, good, man. Good. My name's Nev. Appreciate you taking the time to talk, dude. I know it's probably been busy for you. Yeah, no problem. It's great you could join us on your Black Podcast, brother. How's your tour been uh, of the country? My tour of the country has been pretty rad. I mean, I love it here. i got to be honest with you, I didn't really fall in love with it here until Incursion brought me over um, two years ago. Every other time I was here with bands and... um, I never really had a chance to, like, make any friends here or explore here, so I was kind of, like, just always afraid that I was going to see some fucking crazy huge spider and uh, hiding <laughs> in hotel rooms and, like, playing shows. And then last time I came out here, I told these guys I was super nervous about bugs and, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you know those dudes or anything, but uh, they, I'm sure they have millions of funny stories about me freaking out over bugs. Anyway, I, they challenged me to get out and about, and I made a ton of friends. Now it's like one of my favorite places to come, man. So I stayed some extra in Sydney and Melbourne. This time I'm still in Melbourne. So, yeah, I, I dig it. I'm having a good time. That's awesome. Because, uh, I mean, I've seen you with Comedy Christ each time you've come out. Oh, yeah? How many times? Three times. Oh, sick. Yeah, I, I couldn't make it up to Brisbane the other night when I was in Brisbane. I was on dad duty, so I was super bummed. But, uh, no worries. <laughs> but it will again. I'm sure you'll be back. Yeah, actually, we're talking about coming back. Uh, Comedy Christ just got a, a new manager and uh, super proactive. And just the other day, he asked uh, he asked what our experiences so far have been in Japan, and we've actually never been to Japan. And I told him, and he said, "Oh shit, it's on." And uh, <laughs> I imagine that means that we'll be visiting there and here since we're over there. Oh, we'll dude. I mean, we're about to put out a new record, I think, like this fall. We should be done with it. So um, I guess the plan will be sometime in the next touring cycle, which is like, you know, one and a half to two years, that we'll be over here, probably sooner than later. Has it got a name yet? The new record? Yeah. Um, there is a working title. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good, man. But, you know, in my opinion, man, though, Combi Christ is the best, damn fucking live band on the planet. Oh, sick. Thank you very much. Oh, I've, I've, I've said it many, many times. Uh, the hundreds of bands that I've seen over the years, like, just keeps me coming back. So I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again. And of course, I mean, a big part of that is your performance right. as a drummer. You know, you're entertaining to watch, but you're, you're so precise. I mean, was that always the way that you've performed before Combi Christ? Or was it something about Andy's music that brought that? beast out in you? Well, um, something happened to me when I was 14 years old that kind of um, shaped the the drummer that I am and and, and my life. Um, I I was um, at a show. It was a band called Fishbone, but I was there to see the very, very first band. They were called Dub War. Um, and I think that those dudes are in some other 
band now? The singer um, is named Benji. Benji, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what's what's the band that they're in now? God forbid, is that God forbid or is it a different band? No, so um, oh, they were just here with Cavalier. Oh, the name escapes me, but I can. You're, I can like, I always can confuse the band with Dubor. Anyway, like, yeah. I, so I was there to see Dubor. I mean, I'm sorry, God forbid, but I was there to see Dubor. Um, they finished, and then um, and then this band was playing, and when I was as I was leaving. I mean, you know, I've been playing drums since I was, like, 12. I, you know, before that, I was, like, you know, into, like, the drummer from Tool, Danny Carey, who's, like, you know, a phenomenal drummer. But it was mm. it was just, like, you know, what what kind of drummers am I supposed to be into as a drummer? You know, I didn't really, like, know any better. Uh, so I had a respect for what he did, obviously. But then, you know, I saw something. When I was leaving that show, this band was going on right after Dub War had finished called Snot and... um I saw a drummer that I'd never seen anyone play like that before. Um, he was just going fucking crazy, moving like I've never seen anyone move before. It's like super primal, super energetic, and like, you know, he was like almost contorting himself and just, it was just insane. And like that moment, I'll never forget it. It was at, I was at a venue in New York City called Tramps that doesn't exist anymore. And I just stopped dead in my tracks, like couldn't breathe, was like, that it just changed me. I was like, this dude, it hit me then because I was like, okay, so like, I like the drummer from Tool because I'm a drummer and I know that that guy's a good drummer, but like, this guy, like, it doesn't matter if you fucking play an instrument or what, like, this guy's energy is translating to every single person in this crowd. And I was like, that's the kind of drummer that I want to be. From early on then, just like every band I ever played in, I was always struggling, um, or pushing, I should, I should say, to get my band members to, you know, move around a bit more on stage and, mm. like, be more energetic. And no, like, it wasn't really working. Um, no one really ever, I felt like, was, you know, giving their all. And, like, you know, I got on, like, after I, I experienced Snot, like, I, they became my favorite band. I would go see them every time they played. They wound up becoming, um, they were super cool. Like, I was a teenager, and they would, like, kind of took me in and would, like, bring me on their bus and, like, hang out with me. And, um, you know, I also, like, enjoyed going to see bands. Like, Rage Against the Machine was one of the first bands, too, that I saw that, like, they were there was just no production. It was just, like, the lights were on, and these motherfuckers were moving, and they got the crowd going. And, like, there's just something about, like, that, that like, primal, like, raw angst and energy that, like, not everyone can tap into that. You know what I mean? That's a gift, and you can't really learn that. It's just something that you even either understand or you don't. And for the people that don't understand it and experience, you know, they can't really explain it. It's just, you know, it's something else. And I understood it really early on, so it's just kind of like the way that I, I modeled my my playing after that that feeling, you know. And um, I, I went off on a little tangent about, like, being cool with the band uh, Snot because... Mm. Um, basically, their drummer was my favorite drummer. His name's Jamie Miller. He um, he wound up leaving the band. I was about 18 years old, and I found out. And I was like, fuck, like, I'm going to try out for this band. You know, I didn't know any better. Like, I was like, maybe I was even 17. But I made a, a video of myself playing their songs, and uh, I sent it to the singer. And he called me, and he was like, hey, dude, like, I want to thank you for, you know, sending that. You're awesome. Uh, we're going to go with this other dude, but I just wanted to thank you. And I was like, you know, oh, wow. devastated. But I was like, who's the other dude? And he was like, oh, his name is Shannon Larkin. And I was like, okay, cool. So, like, obviously I'm like, this dude's going to be fucking awesome too, right? So then I start following this guy's career. And, yeah, uh, so so not not long after all that, the singer of Snot actually got killed in a car accident. Yeah. And then um, 
the dude, half the dudes in uh, Smot went, including Shannon, the, the drummer, went to uh, join this new band called Amen. And um, so then I was naturally like, oh, what's this band? And then Amen became my favorite band. And uh, then one day they played in New York City, and I went up to the singer, and I said, hey, man, I want to be your drummer one day. And he goes, oh, cool, hang out with me after the show. And I did, and then I became friends with him, and three or four months later, he called me from Japan and said, hey, man, you're my new drummer. And I was like, what? You've never heard me play before. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a week later, I was flying to L.A. I moved into his house, and um, I was basically in my favorite drummer's old band. Uh, Shannon, Shannon's in Godsmack now. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in my favorite drummer's old band, and I had this fucking crazy punk rock dude, you know, whose band it was, Casey Chaos, like, standing on my bass drum with my cymbals hitting him, making him bleed, screaming at me to hit harder and hit things on my right with my left hand. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, that's impossible. And he just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And he just really got something out of me that, uh, you know, at, at, to be honest with you, every single time I play on stage in any band that I'm in, I mean, I go right back to that, like, boot camp that I was in with that dude because it really... That's what really pushed me to to be become the drummer I am. I think you know. Wait a minute. So when you were in Amen, mm-hmm. did you were you on that tour that they they did Big Day Out? No, that was still Shannon Larkin. Did you see them? I did, but I was a little intoxicated, so Weird. I just remember it was really good. I was just yeah, yeah. I was just, yeah, actually, it's funny because like I would play, I would wake up and I would play um, drums all day long in the garage from like nine in the morning till eight at night and then I would just watch videos like like Casey just had VHS tapes like home home videos of mm. their shows and, and him and all I would do until like one two in the morning till I went to bed is watch videos of, of Larkin playing drums so I can learn how to play more like him and um and a lot of that was from the big day out. So I've seen all those performances like oh, a thousand shit. times. Yeah. I remember he was wearing a yellow shirt at most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember it was just really hot and it was just, I was having the best time so many years ago, dude. <laughs> it's hard to remember. Yeah, it was probably yeah. like 20 years ago now. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, man. Yeah, it was probably 2009. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I don't know, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's awesome. No, man. it wasn't 2009. It was like, fuck, it was like 2000. No, not 2009. Yeah, that, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you get really fucking old. No, I so. hear you. <laughs> oh, dude, that's I mean, that's amazing, man. Because as I said, man, you are my favorite drummer. I'm not a drummer, but I see you play anywhere in the world. Well, thank because... you very much. I mean, that that's exactly what I was talking about. Like, you know, it's funny you should say that. Like, I'm your favorite drummer, but you're not a drummer because most drummers are fucking nerds and, like, if they watch me play, they're like, what the fuck, this guy sucks and all he does is throw his floor tom across the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really not that good. So, But to be able to do that and keep it rolling and plus, now that you've sort of, you've evolved with playing, well, you've got the character new Nancy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As well, with all that get up and keeping it rolling, I mean, dude, I don't know how you do it. That's next level shit. In my well, opinion. so like I, I, I want, I like, I found new ways to kind of challenge myself. And um, the more uncomfortable that I make myself, um, you know, when I when I put on these, like, there's like an hour long ritual that happens before I get ready for a show. You know, I'm stretching, I'm putting mm. my makeup on, I'm listening to a certain playlist. My band goes fucking bananas because I always listen to the same thing, like, every day. 
and they're always like, change it, but it's like, you know, it's my, it's my process for like what I gotta do. Hmm. And, um, the different things that I wear and put on kind of bring me to a different place. And like, I've noticed that the, m- the more uncomfortable that I make myself, then like it bring, it helps me bring different things out of, in my performance. So like everyone's always asking me about this, this mouth thing that I wore on the last tour. Like, isn't it uncomfortable? Like, don't you drool? Or does your mouth, you know, dry up? And the answer is yes, all of the above, actually. Like, my mouth <laughs> is pretty much like a woman's vagina going through menopause. And, <laughs> um, and it's super uncomfortable. Imagine what it's like, you know, like, say you have, like, the worst itch, like, on your fucking back, and you just can't scratch it, and, like, you, and you're holding a baby, and if you drop the baby, like, you're, if you drop the baby, the baby's gonna fucking die, right? And, but, but this itch is like unbearable. Like, like imagine like the adrenaline that takes over your body that like makes you hold that fucking baby. Like that's exactly what I do to myself pretty much, you know? So like while that, that made me super uncomfortable, like I just like force myself through it and it takes me to this weird fucking place, man, that I get off on. And then like, you know, already for the next tour, I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck can I do to make myself even more uncomfortable? Like, you know, cut my dick off and sew it to my forehead or something. I don't know. Like, I just got to keep pushing myself to, I don't know. It's almost like a drug, you know? Like, I don't I don't drink or do drugs anymore. And um, I just get off on, on all this weird shit now, you know? I don't know. You'll probably find a way to push it next, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking into how, to, how I can have my, my eyelids removed. Dude, that's but obviously, I'm going to want to put them back on at the end of the tour, so I'm trying to find the right doctor. <laughs> I think I found someone in the Czech Republic that's willing to do it for less than $10,000. That's expensive. So expensive. But <laughs> worth it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You've got a fuck sleep as well, the clothing brand. Yeah, I how do. do. You find, how, I mean, I love that shit, man. I mean, how do you find time to do all that as well as tour and stuff? I do fuck sleep just because I have this, like, um, you know, for me, it's just, like, a hobby. It, it, like, fulfills this little, like, side part of my sense of humor where I get to, like, make jokes and put them on T-shirts and sometimes other people think they're funny, you know what I mean? And, like, it makes me a few extra bucks and, like, helps me put food on the table for my son in between tours and shit, you know? Mm. Um, To be honest with you, it's I wish I had more time and more discipline to to do more of it, um, I have a whole running list of ideas, and every once in a while, I'm like, shit, I haven't, like, put a new shirt up in a while, so I look through it and, um, you know, decide what I'm going to do next, um, but uh, I definitely wish I had more time to do that stuff, you know? There's one I like, is, um, it's probably one of the popular ones, which is the Carrie Fisher Slayer one. Yeah, that's the most popular shirt I ever made. <laughs> Man, I, I love that one. Thank you. Um, did you ever get word on whether she saw it or anything like that when she was around? Fuck, I think I, she would have liked it. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember, but I, off the top of my head, like I feel like, I feel like someone had told me that they were wearing it at like a signing at a comic convention or something. Yeah, like that. I can't remember. That'd be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I reckon she would have dug it. Yeah, I mean, like the you know, this, the, a lot of people always ask me like how how I never get sued and shit like that, but um. Certainly, a lot of my designs I could get sued for, but like the Star Wars stuff in particular. Actually, um, Star Wars has has this. Um, this Star Wars was always like super cool with their fans doing like fan fiction stuff. So they have like yeah. all this stuff. Even when Disney is like really against people ripping anything Disney off, and when they bought Star Wars, I know that there was like um, 
something in the contract that said that like people are still allowed to like do like um I forget what they fucking call it. You know, that people could basically do shit like that and it's no big deal. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that's cool that they're not taking that away. You've also worked uh with Wes Ballin a couple of times, but it seems like you guys are kindred spirits in a way. Is there a project that we can expect from you guys one day? You know, it's funny. Um Wes and I have tried to play in bands together forever. We it's never really lining up. He played a few Comedy Christ shows. He, yeah. uh, I met him when he came out on tour with us with his band Black Light Burns, and then um, there was a minute where I was almost going to be on Black Light Burns, but then I got busy. And then um, you know he's played in Comedy Christ a few times, and um, he was always too busy to join full time. And then there was a minute where I was playing with. Uh, his wife's project called Queen Kwong. I mean, we just rehearsed together for a weekend, to be honest. I was going to um, fill in for some shows, but then um, mm. that didn't work out. It's funny. We we always joke about doing something official together, and uh, unfortunately nothing's ever happened yet, but he's one of my best friends, and I see him all the time, and uh, his wife's in New York um, finishing school right now, so he's coming to visit me a lot. We'll visit her a lot, and we go to movies. <laughs> I just saw him like, right before I came on the trip. We saw the Tanya Harding. Do you, do you know who Tanya Harding is? I've heard of, but I know Margot Robbie is in it, and she's a Gold Coaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was, we just saw that movie together. We like to go to movies. Was it shit? Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's awesome to hear, though, because he's, he's my favorite guitarist. Yeah, well, um, it's funny, like, growing up, um, I, uh, growing up, I, I would always find myself at Limp Bizkit shows. Because they were always playing with like Rage Against the Machine, Corn, and all these other bands I was into, but like I did not like Limp Bizkit, probably mainly because like, you know, when you're when you're young, you're impressionable, and like it wasn't like popular or cool to like Limp Bizkit mm-hmm. really, and so I was like, oh, that band sucks, and uh, but I always found myself at their shows, and I was never bored, and I just felt like Wes was the only guitar player I ever really got into, and like I don't know what it was, like I would always watch him, and I was always stoked, like he always looked real cool. And every every time that I saw him, I, there was something inside me. I was like, like this person is significant to me for some reason. Mm. It was like, it was like some weird prophecy or some shit. And then eventually, like he became one of my best friends. It's just funny. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because man, I, I I really love his work. Uh, his Black White Burn stuff. Yeah, me too. Like that, fuck that first album is in my top ten yeah. of all time. Yeah, it's a good record. Oh man, yeah, cruel melody. Holy shit. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We'll hope to. Well, hopefully one day, you know, hear something from you guys. I think that'd be some powerful shit. Yeah, that'd be unreal, man. And uh, of course, one last question is: uh, I know you love your Tim Tams. Are <laughs> you planning on packing a whole bunch? Because last first time you were here, wait, no, second time you were here, I brought some Tim Tams for you and I sent them up. So I hope you, I hope you got to eat them when you. When I, you were here. I'm sure I did, and thank you. Um, <laughs> I have a problem with them, and <laughs> the first night that I was in Sydney, I went out, and after um, I got, I had like the first night off in my hotel room, and I was like, I'm going to go buy some Tim Tams, I have a refrigerator, I always got to put them in the refrigerator, um, and my favorite, like, my favorite normal one is um, the double chocolate ones, but like, I, I really love the fucking honeycomb ones, but they, know, yeah. they don't always have those, so... Um, I got two packs. I got the the double chocolate ones and then the caramel, crunchy caramel ones. And I was like thinking that they'll last me all week while I'm in Sydney. And I finished them all in two hours. <laughs> and I was like, I can't buy any more of these fucking things. Like they're crack to me. I I, I just like I'll be fat. 
so I stopped getting them. Like, I like them a lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, dude, if you ever need to, uh, you need someone to ship them over. <laughs> oh, sick. Thank you. <laughs> Just, you know, hit me up and then be like, never need some more of them, them uh, honeycomb motherfuckers. I'll ship them over to you. Brad, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Too easy, man. Well, dude, no, you probably uh, got a lot on at the moment, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us on the podcast. It's definitely been awesome to chat to you tonight, man. No worries, man. Thank you very much for caring enough to talk to me. All right, be good. Bye. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 